We're joined by Gareth Murray on the Rocks On podcast today. Welcome, Gareth. Hey, guys. Um, Thanks for having me. No worries. So I've got down here, you're now on 60 cats for GB, your Rocks all-time leading scorer, rebounder, games played, assists. I'm going to call you a Rocks legend, future Hall of Famer. And I'd ask Dan Routledge for this, but you've averaged for your Rocks career 10.2 points. Not bad. Right. That's okay. That's okay. I knew I was. Um, I knew I had the most games played, but I didn't know all the other ones. I don't know. Um, I thought Sterling might have been up there, and um, he obviously played quite a few games. But I knew I was a leading games played, but I wasn't sure about the other stats. Maybe that was your your effort from the weekends taking that there. Maybe right, I so took it. First, <laughs> first question for you. So, being. Scottish or former bro forever. How did you get into basketball and when did you decide to kind of solely focus on basketball? Um, I got basketball through one of my friends. He he was big into American sports and when we went to high school, I met him in high school and uh, he said, oh, let's, let's go along to a basketball practice. And I said, okay, I've never played basketball. I was a football guy. I played, played football pretty much. That's, that's what I did when I was younger, primary school and that. Um, Went along to basketball and I quite enjoyed it. It was good. It was like a Monday night uh, high school basketball session. Then I just started going every week and started really enjoying it. And um, I was—I didn't say I was good. I wasn't very good. I was okay. I was a regular player. It wasn't like I had ever played the game before. So it wasn't like I had already skills of playing basketball in the garden or something like that. It was nothing like that. Um, I was a small, skinny Fairly, fairly fast. It wasn't, but wasn't great ball handling. wasn't a good shooter. It was just a very, just a regular twelve-year-old playing basketball, starting out. You know, that's that's how it started. Um, from there, it just it gradually just kept on going to basketball. Still playing football. Still trying other sports, rugby, tennis, things like that. Um, badminton and PE. You know, like all these different things I was playing. Um, but basketball was never was never like the main thing until. We started having trials for um, like your your um, Angus and Tayside teams and things like that, and I started making those teams. and And, and basketball was like a pretty big sport in Arbroath High School through our PE teachers, um, John Grant, who is a coach from coached me for my whole high school career pretty much. Uh, Keith Rich is also a PE teacher in the school, so these guys were big influences at the beginning of of my basketball, starting to play basketball. Um, just because they, 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 John Grant was big into basketball he brought it to the school and he attended camps in America every summer um, and he was really influential on, on, on the school with how much basketball was played in the school they had it, pretty much the PE the P, it, it was a big school on in sports and every different sport it wasn't just like the, the mainstream ones that we, we see they, they had everything going on there um, and basketball was one of the main ones that that um, we got a lot of time on court, which isn't wasn't it always was always normal, yeah. um, and and especially coming from Arbroath, it's not like it's a big. There's not a lot of people there. I think it's twenty five thousand people. Um, it's still a football town, um, so basketball was something that was just kind of on the back burner. Probably till I was about fourteen or fifteen is when I started really taking it seriously. Um, before I, when I was around 13, I joined Arbroath Musketeers, which was the, 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 the club that John Grant set up. Um, and so I was playing for under 16s at the time, 
just still, if I, I had pictures when I was I was the smallest guy in the court, I was tiny. I was, I was playing point guard back then. Um, and even then, the, the, the guy that was in front of me, point guard, he was only, he's now only about five foot nine. And that he, he made me look tiny, you know. So um, that's, that's how the basketball started for me. So from then on, I think from looking at it, you went to prep school in about 2002, 2003. How did that opportunity come about for you, considering you didn't really take basketball serious until about 15? Um, it came about, I was, when I, when, when I turned around 14, 15, that's when, like I said, I took basketball pretty serious. I was practicing every day. It was in the mornings before school, and I gave up those other sports. I gave up playing football. I had to choose between the one or the two, and I stuck with the basketball because, like I said, I was making those um, those local teams, the, the, the Tayside team, the north of Scotland, and then making the Scotland teams at under 16s and under 18s. Um, probably around that age is when I was like, right, I can, I'm going to try this, try this serious and practice as much as possible. Um, it was, back then it was, uh, you know, like come from, you don't really know what's out there. You don't know how to get to America. You don't know what schools or academies. It's not, you don't really know what's going on in terms of all I knew is I want to play basketball. That's all I knew. I want to play basketball. Um, I was almost leaving school after fifth year um, and going to like college or something like that. And, and I really didn't know what I was going to do, but I was like, right, let me go back to high school for one more year. And then I had like PE and English as my no subject. So I had a lot of free time. Um, so I was on the basketball court practicing every day. Any free time, if there was no, there was no, nobody in the classes at the, at the sports center, I'd be in there practicing. Um, then there was uh, John Grant started doing this thing called Flag Foreign Links Around the Globe. He's still running that now. But we, uh, myself and another guy, David Rickey, he was we were the first two um, Scottish students to go on this program. And it basically was you went and lived with a host family in America. You attended American high school and you're just basically in that, that environment and that culture. And it wasn't really a basket. It wasn't like a basketball thing, really. It was more of a just foreign exchange thing. Obviously, I was going for basketball. Um, but that wasn't the whole purpose of the actual program, and it's still not the purpose. The purpose is just literally foreign foreign people going over to America and living. Wow, that's an amazing yeah. program. Yeah, and uh, like I said, me and me and David we were the first two Scottish guys to go there. Um, so I ended up in uh, Michigan, uh, place Battle Creek Penfield, um, quite a quite a small place as well. Um, I lived with the host family there at Tearsticks. And when I got there, when I first arrived, actually, I'm going for basketball. I'm going to play basketball. That's all my focus is. I'm, I'm thinking, right, I'm going basketball. And they're like, oh, yeah, but I arrived in like August. And like, oh, yeah, basketball doesn't start till November. I'm like, what do you mean it doesn't start till November? It's basketball season's right now. It starts August. You've already done your summer workouts and all that. You're starting right now. Right We've got American football, soccer, yeah. and I think it's tennis um, at the time. And golf or something like that as well. I'm like, right, okay. So they're like, why don't you, why don't you play soccer? I'm like, football. I'm like, right, okay, why not? And stay in shape. So they wouldn't really get much basketball court time. Um, so I was like, right, I'll stay in shape. So I ended up playing soccer when I first arrived, and ended up being the captain of the team, the top goal scorer, and like, like it was it was that was from playing when I was younger. It wasn't really my um, focus, um, but it was something to do to stay in shape, meet new people make friends and things like that just to, just to get involved. Um, so I end up going to that. And then basketball season started in November. And then all the so it's all like dual, dual sports. So 
once once the American football and soccer finished, then it's um, basketball season uh, and volleyball. Um, they all they all kick in for the winter sports. Um, so the that's how the basketball career uh, basketball started for me in, in in high school in America. Um, we had we had a good season, actually one of the better seasons for that for that school, Penfield High School. Um, I think we went in season like seventeen and three or seventeen and four, something like that. So it was it was a good successful season. But uh, for me, when I was in in our growth, I was like a position like two, three shooting guard, small forwards type of position. At the time, I'd grown from being small from in around about fifteen. I grew to about six, six. Yeah, so that's what age did you grow? Yeah, about 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 fifteen, sixteen over the summer. I grew four or five inches over the summer. Um, So I went. So I was playing the two or the three when I was over here, and it was like my. By then, I could I could I could dribble. I was athletic. Shooting was okay. wasn't wasn't one that might wouldn't be like oh he's a shooter, but I could I shoot. I still shot them. Don't get me wrong. I still shot threes. Probably probably too many, but I still shot them. But I was I could handle the ball and um, I was I was getting to the rim, dunk, like all these type of things. But um, when I got to when I got to America, I was the tallest guy in the team. I'm like, what's, what's happened here? I'm supposed to be coming to America. There's like supposed to be like six, seven, six, eight, six, nine forward centers and all this. And then I come to the school. There's like, and there's like a 800 people in the school, something like that. And I'm the tallest guy on the team. Wow. I'm the tallest guy. I'm like, like six, 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 seven. We're like, right, we're going to need you to play the five. I'm like, <laughs> I've never played the five before. And like, and what helped me was when I was younger, John Grant. We always every. Every um, practice wasn't just based on you're a guard. You're going to work on your guard skills. You're going to be. You, were, you had worked on everything. You worked on posting up. You worked on your like every aspect of the game. It wasn't like you're you're a guard. You're working on that. You're a big guy. You're only allowed to run the basket. Everybody worked on all all fundamentals of the basket, of the game. Um, so that kind of helps me uh, knowing how to post up. Then still don't run. I wasn't very. It wasn't strong, but I was faster than the rest of the five men. I was having those that were time to guard me so I'd step out to shoot threes I would go by them get dunks and um, that's how I had to play the five it was it was a crazy situation it was a crazy situation but it was fun I had a great year I mean I still talk to some guys that I went to high school with then um, one of the guys actually his his dad was the coach uh, sadly he, he was our English teacher he, he passed away uh, last year um, but he he his son Steve, he he was working for Indiana Pacers um, just up until COVID hit. And, um, I still keep in touch with him. He was over a couple of years ago, coming over and visit. So nice. still keep in touch with these guys. So then you did yeah. uh, went on from there and did two years at kind of community college. Uh, how did you feel that experience set you up for trying to make it as a professional? So I had some offers. And when I was at high school, I had some offers to a couple of schools. And back, like I said, back then, I didn't really know the 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 path or the route or the the level of schools. I, I didn't know. I didn't know what what uh, what which route to take or what level I was trying to play at. Um, I got some offers from like a Division One school, um, Central Michigan, which I thought was was the the right fit for me. And um, they came to watch a couple of games and they were interested. And then the last second they said, oh, no, we're going to go with this American guy instead. So that Division One offer left. And I was just like, right, OK, what's next? What do I do now? Had some other offers, like smaller schools. And 
what they said was you should why don't you go to ju- uh, junior college for for a year or two years and we'll keep an eye on you and see what see what happens from there and I'm like right okay and like I say I didn't really have anybody to give me advice and, and know what to do so I'm like right okay I'll go to junior college and see where that goes and there was a team Kalamazoo Valley were offering me to to go there so I'm like right okay let me go junior college um and like I said the, at the time I was playing the five in high school when I, when they were going there they were wanting to play like the four yeah. I'm like right okay I'm more of a three though and they're like oh you're not fast enough I'm like yeah okay you don't need to handle the ball better I'm like right okay um so that that for the year I was behind like two guys I was like third option playing the four I'm like obviously it's a tough year you're playing very limited minutes you're um so that summertime after that first year I worked on my game and I was they said right okay let's, let's play you at the three I'm like right cool playing at the three had okay had okay season and then I never really got too many offers again for 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 after that. I was just like had some some uh, opportunities like Division Three and NIA schools and things like that. But these are not full scholarship schools, um, so like you're still paying like quite a lot of money as an international student to go to go to one of these four year schools. So the decision was made that I was I was going to come home. I came back to Arbroath and I didn't know really know what the what I was going to do after that. I'll be honest, I really didn't know. I didn't know I was was I going to go down back was I going to go to university down in England and play for one of these like I think at the time it was um, EBL or something I think they were called EBL division or MBL division whatever I was going to go down there and go to university and I was like oh, I'm just going to stay home and get a job and just play basketball and I, I really had no clue what I was going to do um, so I ended up staying I played uh, the guy that was talking about Ian Piper he was the point guard back. Um, when I was younger, he was a, year, a couple of years older than me, and he was playing for Dunfermline Rain. And he's like, "Why don't you come along uh, to practice and see if you like it, and just just at least you're staying in shape and getting practice." I'm like, "Right, okay." So I went along and ended up playing one game for Dunfermline, and I think it was maybe that week that I played that game. They were like, "Oh, the Rocks are having a trial at Kelvin Hall in Glasgow." I'm like, "Right, okay." And I was through in Stirling with uh, staying at, at, at Piper's house, and he's like. When you go to trial and see, at least you can try and see what happens, see what see what level it is, and see what happens. So I'm like, right, okay. This is the trial was like on a Wednesday night at Kelvin Hall, and this is the old Kelvin Hall. This is not the yeah. new pretty Kelvin Hall that it is now. This is the old going in the back uh, where they used to hold the boxing and things like that in the back. It wasn't yeah, I played volleyball the in there many a time. It wasn't the fancy place it is now. And so I was like, ah, I don't really know Glasgow. He's like, ah, it's easy. You just take the train here, take the subway here, and you're right at the door. And I played, <laughs> I played cup, I played cup finals and all that in Glasgow at Kelvin Hall for under sixteen for for our both. Um, so I kind of had an idea. And it was so I went. I ended up going along, and there was like four people there. There was like me and like three other guys. Like, and I don't know, I, I couldn't even remember who they were or what level they were or anything. But I, it wasn't very, wasn't very competitive. I remember that. Um, and when I arrived, Ross Hutton was there. He was assistant coach at the time, um, along with Steve Swanson and uh, Rob Yanders, who just came from Sheffield. He was the he was the point guard, and I think uh, the, uh, the Reeds were there as well. I think Ian and Celeste were both there. Um, when I first arrived, I saw Ross straight away because I, I remembered him um, from when I went to a camp, and he was working a camp at Xavier Musketeers. That's where Arbroath Musketeers comes from, the the name from. Um, we were working a camp. Um, he was working a camp there, and and in uh, Cincinnati and 
obviously a Scottish guy, like, what are you doing here? And, and Xavier, he's like, ah, I'm just working this camp. And we were going along for this camp for a, for a week. And then we were going to five-star camp in Pittsburgh after that. And uh, that's when the first time I met Kieran as well. I kind of knew him from playing against him, but that's when the first time we went to five-star um, camp together. Um, and so I met speaking to Ross there. He's like, well, we're going to a tournament in Norway at the weekend. Let me see. Let me speak to the, the owners and, and Steve, the, the coach, and see, see if you can come along or whatever. I'm like, right, okay. Um, so we had the little trial and all that, like shooting drills and stuff like that. And it was actually Anders that really pushed um, for them to sign me. Uh, to be honest with you, they were like, ah, um, I mean, he's okay. I don't, I don't see anything too crazy with this. I'm talking about me, like, don't see anything like that stands out, basically. And Yander's like, no, no, why don't we, why don't we take a chance on him and and, and bring him and bring him along and see what happens? So, so end up going speaking, along to this. I was speaking to on this. I was speaking to Reed on that. Name me that or when I did the uh, Ian's uh, podcast, I did a couple of episodes yeah. back. He made the yeah. point, comment of how Ross Hutton raved about you. Had to use like yeah. his basketball IQ and fundamentals are through the roof. We need to sign, yeah. him, to sign him. Yeah, so. yeah, and so and that's and it was it was like I said, it was Yanders and, and Ross that really pushed for them to sign me. So we went to the tournament in Norway. Um, I didn't play the first game. The second game, I had a quite a good game. Uh, I, I can't remember. I can't remember the stats or nothing like that. But I think I played quite well. And so that that evening, um, I met with the Reeds and uh, obviously Steve as well, the coach. And they were like, "Yeah, we pretty much have all our players, but we still like to sign you uh, for the season. We can we can put you up in Glasgow and you'll be able to train every day. We'll help you get a job." And and, that, and that's kind of how it started. I would nowhere really. I would nowhere. Yeah. It was, so it was again, just. It was just it was just a chance that I actually went to that trial. Yeah. If not, I don't know, it, could have, it could have been completely different. Yeah, someone else, Ian Reid, Ian Reid said to me um, was the amount of extra jobs you worked to be able to afford to do it all and how that worked. Yeah. He still sees in you today of how just such a, such a hard worker. Well, the, when they said, so we were sponsored, uh, let me get this right, is it the Phoenix Honda? Yeah, he you said you were washing cars. Back then, yeah. So he's like, he said to me, oh, I'll get you a job. I'm like, right, okay. So we're staying at Erskine Bridge Hotel. There's like five or six of players staying at Erskine Bridge Hotel. And he's like, um, I'll get you a job. I'm like, right, okay. Uh, so it's going to be at one of the one of our sponsors, Phoenix Honda. I'm like, right, cool. I'm just going to be sitting in the reception, not doing too much. Oh, that's okay. So I get there. I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're, you're valeting cars. I'm like, right, okay, not too bad. I probably washed, I worked there for nine days. Probably washed per day a hundred cars. <laughs> just every car that's on that lot, they just bring them in, and you just have to clean and clean. And if they're getting sold, then the other crew would go clean the inside of them and all this type of stuff. And so I'm talking about I'm getting up early in the morning. I'm talking about six o'clock in the morning. Time to get to Phoenix Honda from from Erskine. It's not it's not far, but it's it's not easy to get to. Yeah. Um, I'm going there from like eight till four. I would then go with the guys to practice. We would practice like five to seven, and I'm I'm done in by the end of the day. And I'm I'm talking about I'm 20 years old yeah. going against pros. These these guys are like these aren't. This isn't like a, a young team. This is like a, a team built for winning. Yeah. So that team, that team was uh, Rob Yanders at the point, uh, Jermaine Forbes, uh, yep. Jean Francois, Julius Joseph, who was top scorer that yep. season. Yourself yep. was it Chris Brown at the five? Chris Brown at the five, Canadian guy. Yep. Yeah. And the guys finished second. And we had, uh, um, who else was in that team? You had Frank Bennett. You had oh, uh, Justin. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
They had Andrew Walters, Australian guy. Yeah. Um, had Charles Smith at the beginning of the season until he left. <laughs> we'll get to After a few weeks, <laughs> um, he had Leisure Perkins came in. Um, who else was with us that year? I'm sure it was one other guy that I try not to forget. But we 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 were a we were a deep team. We were a deep team, and they were built. They were built for winning. It wasn't like just a young guys. I would just put this team together. They were built to win. And so I'm like a young guy, 20 years old, trying to fit in, new, new, new everything. And I'm going, like I said, I'm going to my job, washing cars all day, and I'm going to practice at night. And I was like, I can't do this. This is this is too much. Um, so I was missing. So I was missing weight sessions and all that in the morning time. And that's probably the thing I needed the most at that age was uh, that strength and conditioning and things like that. So I ended up nine days I worked there and then I left. And I was like, I can't do it. Um, yeah, I, I was like in like September. Then I got another job. I was working, we were probably based at Head at the time. I got another job at uh, the the uh, what's it called? British Home Stores. British Home Stores. Remember that BHS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked there for, it was like a Christmas temp job. I worked there. Um uh, it's like maybe like I don't know a month maybe maybe worked there for a month of Christmas job and then after that uh, I just stuck with the season I never I never worked after that 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 that, that, that season anyway um, the summertime I worked we were back in the Ashton Bridge Hotel and uh, I got a job in the hotel over the summer um, they they allowed me to stay over the summer so that means I stayed in Glasgow and I was working there pretty much full time uh, in the hotel. Yeah, so I can go into that. So Steve left after that season and it became Thorsten. Uh, just, I want to touch yep. on, obviously, the, the team, obviously, Rob stayed, Julius Joseph stayed. I always think Julius Joseph's one of the most underrated players in UBL history. No, sure. he, he's the one of the guys that, like, helped me the most. Yeah. Like, we played the same position. He's he's the, the he's veteran guy, played in Europe, played yeah. for England and all this. And, like, he's the one, he's the guy. Like, obviously, Rob helped me get in there but and, and, and took care of me and things like that. But Julius is the one that really, at that, at that those couple of years where he was in Glasgow with me, he, like, looked out for me and took care of me and gave me advice and did this and that. Like, he was the one that it was really... He could also score. Yeah, no, he was, he was he a was scorer. Fantastic. So that... No, that's no, that, a good guy. Yeah, that team with Thorsten was... Sterling arrived, Rob, Morris Hampton, Moritz yep. Waller, Hugo yep. Sterk. And then a couple of other guys. Um, did you ever think uh, Hugo Stark would release a music CD on the rocks? <laughs> At the time when I first arrived, yes, because that's all he was talking about. <laughs> H2O, 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 that was his name, I remember. And uh, he was yeah. recording music all the time. He was always trying to make beats and all that. And that's Now, I don't know who, if it was his idea to make the song on the rocks or someone influenced him, Dan, maybe, I don't know. I would have been there then. Wasn't Dan? <laughs> I don't know, but he made the. I remember making that song, and actually, someone sent it me. It wasn't long ago, maybe like last year. Someone sent this thing, and he's like, "What the heck is this? What the heck is this?" I was like, "Oh, I just forgot all about this song." <laughs> so obviously, Thorsten coming in. What was that like? His coaching, like, so obviously he's gone on to coach at pretty much top level in Germany afterwards. Yeah, he was. I mean, Steve was good. Steve was a good coach. And then yeah. Torsten came in and he was like that typical. Uh, Steve was American and then Torsten came in. He was that typical, now that typical European, like understood the game and the way the ball should move and how we should be playing defense and how he brought all the guys together. And it was, that was probably one of the best 
in best shape I've ever been because we were doing so much running so much like it was it was physical we were in the gym every day and I remember we were on the treadmill running 40 minutes sprints it wasn't it wasn't just a you're on the go go run on the treadmill for for uh for 40 minutes I'm talking about sprint for 40 minutes like he had, we had built our built ourselves up so we were on that treadmill for 40 minutes full sprint the whole 40 minutes it was ridiculous i remember it now and we actually we actually had a couple of guys came in and uh they hadn't done the 40 minute sprint they they weren't they weren't clued into the 40 minute sprint and so like when they come in and they wasn't given the full effort in practice or whatever we'd be like you need to get on that treadmill you need to get on that treadmill and do that 40 minute sprint to see what we've been through to get get to where we are right now what how much effort we put in like he he really pushed us um and you could tell you could tell that when you watch the games back then like how good a shape we were in and how how much we how hard we worked and how much um respect we had for each other in the way, the way yeah. we pushed ourselves because you saw we were working every single day and we were in going on the spin bikes and we were in the gym we were on the court it was just it was it was and about in terms of him as a coach, he was a great guy. He was a great person to, and he got to try to get the best out of you. And that's what, and that's what it was. He, his, he wasn't really, he did shout, don't get me wrong. He did shout and he, he went crazy at you. And, uh, but he was really about speaking to you and getting to you and, and trying to get the best out of you. Yeah. And I think looking back, that's that roster for the Rocks that season was just, just incredible. Like, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was another, it was a lot of, there was a bit of, uh, veteran guys there that had done the league played like Sterling came in as a as a, like a top player coming from Sheffield Robert yeah. already played in the league a few years um Julius obviously and then you had like a couple of younger guys like myself and you had uh, uh Maurice uh, you had Mo and then and Hugo coming in playing from Belgium before that so it was like a little bit of young guys with experience as well that kept it and then you had a good coach behind it which is it was always the biggest, the biggest influence so then I think that season, fourth place finished, a runner-up in the cup and playoff and runner-up in the playoffs as well. So yeah, yeah. The, the standard rock season, so near. Yeah, it's always the same, isn't it? It's always the same. That's the, the hardest part because we, we always play so well and we always have high expectations. Um, sometimes we overachieve um, with some maybe some of the players we have or the budget we have or whatever, but we're always there or thereabouts. And it's, we've just, I don't want to say unlucky, but we've always been roundabout like in a final and not managed yeah. to get over the line to win it and like the the, the Glasgow Rocks could be completely looked at completely differently if we win one or two of those those trophies over the years absolutely that's absolutely. what it's about and I suppose uh, after Thorsten's season obviously Thorsten just did the one uh, Ster- yeah. Sterling becomes player coach something they obviously yeah. were doing um, yeah. probably what helped him massively the difference for you is he kept a lot of the players in the year before um, yeah Squeaky or Morris Hampton stayed for two. Did Moritz Wallace stay for two as well? Uh, yeah, he stayed for a second year. The only yeah. guy I think we changed, the only guy we changed was Hugo left. Because yeah, the Danish guy did. We brought in uh, Bilal Clarence. Yeah. yeah. That's the only thing, that, I think that's the only change that really, big influence that, that changed. And that's, and for, for Sterling, that's good and bad. It's good because the guys know the league, they know the yeah. standard, they know what they get into when they're in Glasgow. It's no... There's no adapting to that type of thing. But at the same time, Sterling's now coming from the player yeah. to now having to tell these guys what to do. Um, which is which is a tricky part. Yeah. That's the tricky part. Like 
and as a coach, playing and coaching, then you can't make mistakes. You can, <laughs> but it's, you can't be going crazy at these guys. Like that's the hardest part to me. That's the hardest part because obviously everybody makes mistakes in basketball. That's what happens. It's, there's, there's, you, you don't mean to make these mistakes, but sometimes they do happen. So if you're shouting a guy for making a mistake, and the next t- next play down you make the mistake again, you're like, gee, I can't do this. You know, that's the hardest part to me so far. Yeah, and I suppose Stel probably found that exact same reason. So the next season was the first one in the the Kelvin Hall. Um, that season started off unbelievably. We had Blake Shelton, uh, yourself, Rob. Um, Randy George, Wilbur Johnson. Um, okay, yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. Mark Pratt, Sheila's Parry, and then obviously Scott Russell as well. Yeah. So that was a yeah. That was a. I don't want to say. I mean, it was a kind of I presume a reduced budget coming from Brayhead. Money's starting to go down. The economy is going down. Um, yeah, that was 2008 but, season, so it was spot on. Yeah. Recession. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I don't want to say the league take a tip, but it, def, it definitely did take definitely a tip. Talent coming in, um, the level of how much money every team had, and, and that was that was evident in the the amount of players we had um, and the level of players we had. Um, but we, like you said, we did have a good start to the season, and yeah. then I remember Blake Shelton got injured. That was the, that was the key turning point. That's like injured, injured after the signing deadline as well, so we couldn't bring anyone in. It was right. It was right. It was right on that time right there. Um, he did his Achilles. I lived with Blake. I lived with Blake. Me and him shared an uh, apartment together, and uh, he's one of the he's one of the guys that just was just loved basketball. Yeah. Loved basketball, and and he played for Sheffield the year before. Um, but he's 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 one of the good ones, and he he took a lot on himself because because he, he got injured. He he felt like it was it was his fault that we started losing after that because he was a, he was a big influence on what we were doing. He was, he was a huge influence on what we were doing. Say that again. He was basically the main man at times. Yeah, yeah. Him, 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 and Rob, like yeah. the one-two guy. Like he was tough to guard. He's like six-five, could handle the ball, could shoot, could get to the rim. He did, it and he was creating for others. Like it was. It was a pretty balanced team in terms of I suppose of that. by comparison to that backcourt to now is what Newcastle have with uh, Cortez Edwards and Ramon Fletcher. That's yeah, for- these guys always had a, a good backcourt. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, that was that was the we were playing so well. That yeah. was the hardest part. We were playing so well. It was a good team, and then you lose like your main one of your main guys, and you can't replace them. You can't add anybody, and. There's not really a guy to fill that role that you have on the team because it wasn't a very deep team. No. Um, so it was tough. It was tough. So and on to the next. On to for Sterl, it was tough because yeah. you're at top of the you're top of the team table and you're you're playing well, and then all of a sudden you lose your main guy and you're like trying to figure a way to get it done, and you can't do anything. No, you can't do anything. Yeah, because we had guys like Wilbur was towards the end of his career. Um, yeah. And then obviously uh, Randy George as well probably didn't have as good a season. He, was he at Brighton before that as well? Um, Sheffield, I think he was Sheffield as well. I think all those guys came from Brighton. I don't think Brighton were still around then. I think he definitely came from Sheffield. So the next yeah, season, but had the okay season though. Yeah. So next season we brought in Jesse Sapp, Mike Copeland, third place finish in the league, and a playoff runner up again. Um, that was yeah. that was your last season before you had your first move away. So what was it like playing a Jesse Sapp? I always thought he was just box office. 
yeah, no, he was he was a good guy. Um, he came from 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 Georgetown, a good school. Um, and once again, you've got Yanders and 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 Sapp in the backcourt. Like it's tough. It's tough. They both of them can score. Both of them can create for others. Both can play defense. Um, that year it was more of trying to balance the egos and the, not when I say egos. I mean just trying to everyone's um, just the the chemistry of the team. That was the that was the biggest point. We had a lot of talent, and they're just trying to get that balanced and trying to get everybody comfortable and and working for each other. And that, that was the, probably the main thing that we that Sterling was trying to do. Um, I don't think we lacked talent at all. And like you said, I think we finished third. And beat, I think we lost to Everton Tigers. I think that's the year they came in the league, and they had uh, Tony. I think Tony Garblett was a coach that year. I'm pretty sure he was a coach. Um, and then we played them in the playoff final, and and we uh, once again we lost in the final. That was a that was a that was a good team. That was a good team. We had because we had two had almost two guys in every position that year, and like you didn't lose anything when you made a sub. It was a completely different from the year before. Where like you made you you didn't have that depth, but the next year we had we had depth in every, almost every position, and you could change up the lineups and and the way the style we played. So then on, so then you had your kind of first tight first year away. You played for it was probably Chester at Chester at the time. They had Jerry uh, Dell, Chester, Jets, yeah. here, uh, and they also had Calvin Davis had been around. So at your that kind of stage in your career, like. Do you just need a change or was it just also played different systems? It was, so I'd played five years at Glasgow and I was like, right, I wouldn't say I made a name for myself in the lineup, but I was like, I really want to try go to Europe. That's what it was. I was trying to go to Europe. I didn't matter where I was going. I just wanted out of the BBL really. And I was trying to go anywhere. And I had some offers in, in Spain and um, lower leagues in Germany and stuff like that. And then I thought I had a job in Spain and that's what it was. I thought I had the team in Spain and I fell through at the very last minute. And so then I'm just I'm just waiting for, for a team. Um, and nothing was coming along. And I'm like, right, I need to get a team. I can't just sit here at home doing nothing. I need I need to sign somewhere. And then Cheshire. Cheshire. I spoke to Cheshire. Uh, my agent spoke to Cheshire. And uh, they were making a change. Chester, sorry. And they made, they were making a change. Um, so that's why that's why I ended up there. And now I think I missed maybe two games of the season. Maybe, maybe it was in one. I can't remember. That's when they... They changed the format. I think I'm sure it was trophy games back then at the very beginning. Yeah. They had like two groups of or three groups of trophy games and then the league started after that. So I think I maybe missed like one or two trophy games at the very beginning of the season. That's 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 basically how, how that started. It wasn't like I just wanted to try to go to Europe and nothing was coming along. So I was like, right, I need a job. I, need a job. I just can't sit here and hope for a job in like October, November, December. And so that offer came along and I was like, right, let me just take it. It wasn't what I was looking for, but at the time, and the, the, the when I signed it, don't get me wrong, I was still, I still enjoyed it when I was there. I wasn't, that wasn't the situation. It was, a, it, was just, a good, it was a good Chester team as well, like Jeremy Bell, Match Neck. It was a good team. Yeah, there was uh, Colin O'Reilly, um, Cumont Greer, uh, Calvin Davis, remember you said, um, Stephen Gale. So, like we, we were, we were okay. We were once again a typical typical Cheshire team. We weren't wasn't a deep roster. It was a, it was a lot of talent and five six players, and then you you live and die with those five six five six players, um, and that's that's the Cheshire model. That's what they've been doing for years, and that's what they believe in. So, so then you come back. Um, 
And the Rocks lineup is EJ, Michael Green, Andrew Wedemeyer, Danny Huffer, DeAndre Cranston, and Johnny Bunyan. Um, yeah. Then after that season, have your first one involved with GB. Um, touch back, EJ and Michael Green, that was a pretty phenomenal backcourt as well. Uh, that was a lot of injuries that season. Yeah, I think I think EJ got injured quite early. I'm sure he got injured. I think he did his ankle that year. And it was like, it was bad, really bad. And I don't think he ever really recovered from that injury. Um, he wasn't he wasn't that young anymore, but he, he it was difficult for him to get. I don't think he he got his ankle fixed properly and it was difficult for him to get back into into shape and get back clean again. And I think that started the downward with, with the injuries for him. Uh, Michael Green was tough. Michael Green was tough. He... He was. Uh, he came. I think he came from like Germany uh, league before, uh, and he no. He was tough. He was. He was a. He was a good guard. Could score multiple ways. Good defender. Um, fairly smart. He, he was. He was tough. Um, and then you had like the, the once again you're coming in with the younger guys. You had Huffer coming in that were nowhere um, as a as a Scottish passport. Um, came basically came very similar through a trial type of situation where he just just appeared and next thing he's know he's playing. Um, we admire come from coming uh, from Canada. Uh, is that Cranston? Is that year, that year as well? Yeah, DeAndre. Yeah, he's. I think he was from UMass. Um, big guy. I like I, I like DeAndre. I thought I thought if he could get in, in better shape, he could be really tough. But he, his thing has always he was in great shape. That was the hardest thing. And Sterling, and Sterling pushed him. Don't get me wrong. Sterling tried to get him in shape. He pushed him. He, I remember a situation where like Sterling's pushing him like crazy. Like, you got to run. You got to do this. And he's making him run. And, and he's, he's like collapsing on the floor. Like, he's like, got, he got nothing. He's got nothing left in him. Like, he's, Sterling's pushing him, trying to get him to shape. And that was his biggest thing, just trying to stay in shape. And Because um, when, he, when he played, and when he played, he was tough. Yeah, when he stayed on, he was another one that was pretty foul prone as well. But probably yeah, well, that's always the same similar thing with the big guys. You know, like if you got a quicker guy going at you, then you're trying to move your feet and you want to jump and block every shot because you're a, you're a big guy, and so you get these fouls that you're obviously going to argue they're not fouls, but they, they most of the time they were. Yeah. Most of the time they were, and that's that was his biggest thing. So that summer, by my notes, was your first one involved in GB. Like, how did that feel getting your first in a GB call up and yeah, how did that kind of come about? Was that that summer? I, I can't even remember. I think what it was. Was. Yeah, no, that was great. That was great. I think it was. Um, I remember. It. I remember going down there. We were down in. Uh, I think it's. I think it's Burton on Trent. I think that's what it's called. I can't remember. But it was the the, the English FA um, uh, training ground basically, and they've got they've got everything there. They've got everything. They've got two hotels on the, on the site. They've got um, the indoor pitches, and the indoor pitch was converted to two full length basketball courts. Uh, indoor and that's that was the training camp that was my first experience with GB we were down there and you've got the the hydro pools you've got the weight rooms you've got the the recovery you've got everything that was my first that was my first time down there and I think they that was the first time they brought in a new coach since uh, Finch and, was that still Finch or was that a change no that was a change that's when they brought in Joe Prunty uh, and uh, Guy Goodies as the coaches yeah. um, and that was them preparing for Eurobasket 2013 and like they had a deep it was like they were trying to basically try everybody out they, they, they were new coaches coming in they wanted to check all the talent so they were they were bringing everybody in from from um all the british guys in so you're talking there's probably 
24, 26 players at camp, trying to trying to they're looking at everybody, trying to figure out the best the best roster. You've also got the guys that have been there before, that played the Olympics the year before. Um, some of them are retired, so they're looking for the new guys, that's the new up and coming guys, or the new guys that they haven't seen before. So that's that's how that came about. Um, it was and like the first time being around all these guys and just like the level of like coming from Glasgow, like you could see we don't have everything. We don't have everything. Um, and then you go in there and you have you got everything right at your disposal right there in front of you, um, which was good. Like a couple of other kind of GB based questions. What would you say has been your toughest kind of matchup that you've had to face in a GB jersey? In GB? Yeah. My very first year, the very first time when we played France in that 2013, when we probably, when we played the, I think it was that year that France won that Eurobasket. So it was like that French team was tough. I mean, they had Parker and uh, my matchup was Batum. Yeah. Dia. Uh, I was actually talking to David about it yesterday. Uh, David and Pondo had a bit of yesterday about the French team. And, um, but then after that, Toughest matchup for me. I mean, when I was at Eurobasket 2017, I was guarding uh, Bogdanovic. Uh, playing, for, he was playing for Sacramento King. He just got traded to Atlanta Hawks, so that was my matchup. And then um, Alexis Fred was the next one um, for when to play against Russia. Like these guys are like high level guys, and, and like I'm matching up against them defensively. Like I'm not scoring. It's not what. I'm there for, I'm, for my, my GB role has never been you're the scorer, you're this, you're that. You play defense, and if, you, or if you're open, you shoot threes. You, I barely dribble the ball. If they pass me the ball and I'm open, and I shoot it. That's what I do. I play defense, and then I, I run to the three-point line and space the floor. That's, and, and that's, I don't try to do more than I can do. I don't try to do less. And if, if, if I'm not doing that job, then that's when I don't play. So... That's, I've never I've never tried to do or do too much. There's guys that can dribble. There's guys that can score. There's guys that can can post that. Like, like that's that's their job. That's what they do. My job is play defense, and if I'm open, shoot threes, space the floor. Yeah, I was thinking with that one. One that one that game that always stands out for me when you play for GB was the one I, I think it was away to Spain. I think it was a friendly or maybe not a qualifying game, and you were up against Rudy Fernandez, and you you, yeah, yeah. you kept him quiet the whole game. And I think GB we only lost by. Single digits, if that. It may not have been as much more than five. Yeah, so that, that one we played. We, so we played in uh, Zaragoza. We were playing them. We played them back to back. So we played them in Zaragoza the first night. And then we lost by two. Yeah. We lost by two. And, and so the coach before that came up to me and was like, right, we need to be tougher. Uh, he said nothing. He said to us as a team, we need to be tougher. We need to be, we need to be able to fight. And we don't back down from anybody. And he came to me and said, if you want to play, you got to be that, that, that gritty not dirty player, but you got to be that guy that just that just annoys the guy that you're guarding. You just if you're open, you shoot threes. But defensively, you got to be that guy that doesn't back down. You got to be just under people's skin and just just annoy people. I'm like, right, okay. So there's a there's a there's a situation where I'm guarding uh, Rudy Fernandez and he's he's uh, 
he does something he gets called for a foul or something and he starts talking to me in Spanish <laughs> and I'm just talking back to him and just, just not backing down not saying anything I'm like I'm going to have to keep going at this guy right now the coach is going to be watching this and looking back and you back uh, so I'm like I'm going back at this guy and we're just going back and forward at it and then he so I go I walk past him and he trips me from behind and uh, the referee sees it he calls the technical so I go to the free throw line shoot the free throws and then Mark Gasol's at the free throw line he's like uh um, he's like, don't worry about it. I've got your back. He's an asshole anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I, he was just joking with me, obviously. But he was—that's the way he was—he was—he was speaking to me at the line. But uh, that was one of the situations where, I, like, I knew I couldn't back down because the coach. This is what he had just said to me the time before yeah. the, the, the the before the game. Yeah, but that was a, that was a situation with that. Yeah, uh, and then the next night we played them. So you say, I remember you said we we. Um, we lost by two. The next night, we take a, we take a, the the private jet with them to Madrid, wow. and then we play them the next night, and they absolutely destroy us. <laughs> like it wasn't even. I don't know what happened the night before, but they obviously weren't happy that it was a close game, and so the next night they destroyed us. Like they were on a, they were on a different level. This is the this is like the the best Spanish team ever. Um, going preparing for Eurobasket, you know. So it's this is like 2013, like the. The, the peak of, of Spain and things like that. Yeah, that was a fantastic team. You know, I remember watching that game and I, thought, I think we had a chance to win that 2.1, but oh well. Yeah, so, yeah. back to talking about Rocks, that, we're then in, kind of moving over to the Emirates. Um, that first kind of Emirates season, Kieran plays a couple of games at the start of the season and, and then we also have Donald Robinson. Um, I think I've heard you say elsewhere that he's one of your favourite players you've played with. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I still talk to him now every now and again, try to persuade him to come back. But he's <laughs> he's he's on to bigger and better things now. When in South America? He was in South America. I actually think he's in like Dubai or something right oh, wow. now, chasing that money. So, um, yeah, he's he that year we had a good season that year as well. Another good season. We were once again a deep team. Deep team, we had multiple guys in different positions that could do the, to, to do their role, and everyone was on the same page. I think that's why we, I think we finished third. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of talent. So, one of the just a random question in the middle of all this. So, you'd now played at Kelvin Hall, you played at Brayhead, you now played at the Emirates. Yeah, what kind of stood out from each of them as venues. Um, is there one that do you think one was better? One did you prefer playing in? Brayhead was obviously that big arena feel. That big arena feel like you had people around it. It was brand it was brand new to me playing in front of that like in a big arena. Um Kelvin Hall, everyone was close to you, you were right in the court side, it was very it got very loud in there. Then Emirates was like the brand new arena, brand new playing in the playing in the main arena was like great when you had like full crowds and then playing in the, the small sports hall once again. It's kinda of like that Kelvin Hall feel where you're you're fairly close to everybody. It gets loud in there when you're playing games. Um does anyone better than the other? Emirates probably for me now because I've been here for so long and this, this is I'm comfortable here. Yeah. Comfortable with this one where like Billy Heads is obviously that big arena feel, which was great at the time. Kelvin Hall was Kelvin Hall was Kelvin Hall. Like you're practicing there every day. It's it's not it was not the best yeah, no. for practicing, but it was still it was still a good atmosphere in the games. And that's what it comes down to most of the time. It doesn't always the court was fine, the baskets were fine. It just comes down to the atmosphere and how comfortable you were there. But now Emirates is Emirates is the place. This, this is it for me. So probably moving on for, into the next season, 
It was probably the most disappointing at this point in Rock's history. It was the season where Rock's finished 10th. Uh, team was with uh, Chase Mark starts the season before being replaced by Marco Tullio, Daniel yeah. Arden, Fran Early, uh, yeah. Johnson, or CJ Johnson comes in halfway through. And then obviously EJ's probably, was that EJ's last season? But he was injured, Mesa led the full season. Oh, yeah, he was injured. That, that ankle injury still came back to get him. And, he, and I think that really started to affect his hip as well, the way because he was walking and running differently and it started affecting his hip. And he was he was struggling. He was struggling. And, he, and then in this team, in this league, your point guard's your main guy. Yeah. That's your main guy. And like he's, he's our guy that, so we had somebody else running point guard. So it's when you have a veteran guy like that who played in the league before and and knew how to run the team and was a scorer as well. Um, it was it disrupted a lot. Um, we tried to change up how we played and we we really threw the ball inside a lot and let uh, Northern score. Not let him score. Sorry, and that's not how I mean it. I mean like we really focused on throwing the ball inside. That was our main focus. Like he was he was fairly dominant in the post on offense. Um, so that's 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 how it worked. And as a team, when you lose one of your better players and you're you're, you're kind of leader of the team, it was is it was going to be difficult. And he, EJ was still there on the sidelines and trying to trying to practice and all that. But it's not the same when you when you lose like that 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 scoring from that point guard position. And you ask a like a younger guy or somebody that's never really played a point guard before to come in and, and try to run the team. That's, and that's what it came down to. Um, and then the, the season's probably a one that a lot of fans remember for the <laughs> uh, Cheshire, I think they were Phoenix at this point, with the, the matchup in the trophy semi-final, players being suspended, punches being thrown, you chasing people down the court, Sterl chasing people out of arenas. Uh, yeah, I'm, I try to remember it. So I can remember it now. It was like a two-legged game, right? Yeah. And the, the second one was here, the second part was here, and we had to win by, I can't remember exactly, we had to win by a certain amount. Yeah. Um, and I remember, yeah, Devin, Devin Bailey played for Cheshire, right? I remember his brother tried to run in the court <laughs> because he wasn't happy that I went and dunked or something like that into the game. It was aggregate, it was aggregate score yeah, game. I think, so you went, I think you court. went during it. No, we're winning this because I think something happened in a previous game. I, I'm not going to say what you said. I was I was doing the table that game. Uh, right. And I remember hearing what you said, which kind of upset it all. And it was just so you, but it's just your competitiveness. Um, yeah. I, think, I think they had scored in the league game um, when the game was done. Um, uh, so we went and did the same. I went and did the same did the thing. Same, yeah. Probably. yeah, probably. And that was also the one where I think we needed to win by ten. And Fran Early's hit a buzzer beater three at halftime, and right. that, and then yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I remember we had to win that game. So then we made the trophy final, right? So it was like we finished tenth in the league, and then we made the trophy final. But then we came up against the best team that year in Worcester, in Worcester who, who who had like Zaire Taylor, Awumi, Creekmore. Uh, the Williams, I'm sure both Williams brothers were there. The Jamal was MVP of the final. Say that again. Jamal Williams was MVP of the final. I'm sure. Yeah, that's right. He was killing. It. I remember. I remember now. Because so Northern was guarding him. That's right. And so he was just going up to the three, and Northern never chased him out to the three point. That's what it was. I remember. <laughs> so I after that season, changes um, he had there full. Season where you kind of mixed up between being at Cheshire, a wee bit of Plymouth, and then your kind of first stint in France. And then following yeah. that, you had your first full year in France. How did they yeah. kind of go into Europe compared to being in the BBL? So the first experience was when I went to, so I went to Cheshire for pre-season. Cofino was a coach. I played there and I had to out with my contract. If I got a job in Europe within the first six weeks, I could go. 
and it was on the last weekend and I got an offer in France and that's how that worked out. It was a short-term deal to go to France and they got me in as a, I played the three, a little bit of the four and they just wanted me to score the ball. I'm like, this is the first time like I've come in as a team and they're like, we want you to be a scorer. I'm like, great, amazing. Like, I got to play defense and I got to score. They were running plays for me. Like, it was it was a completely different thing where it was at the Rocks. It was just like, right, you know, this is your role. You play, you shoot three, you're open, you shoot. Like, that's just what it was. Like, it wasn't necessarily like you weren't the main focus of the offense or none of that. When I got to France and that French team, we, like, it was pretty, it was a team that had uh, been built for a couple of years. They had come up from the from the league below and it was under, like, their second year of the contract. So there was, like, they had that, they were trying to make, not necessarily make the playoffs with that because that league is, like, 18 teams. It was tough. Um, you're 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 fighting every game's a battle with every, everything. There's a lot of talent in that league, and so I came in as a scorer, and I, we we played okay. We lost, we won some games, we lost some games, but then my contract was over after that. And so like that experience, like it was like proper basketball, proper European basketball, and it was like what I'd been playing for for GB, and that's it. It was like the very same, the very similar. Um, obviously, the, the level of talent is a bit lower compared to GB, but it was like the same style of basketball. And he's like, right, this is this is what I want to play. This is the type of basketball I want to play. Uh, the contract ended. Um, I was looking for a new team. I thought I had another team in France. That didn't work out. Ended up in Plymouth. And that was, that was a tough year as well because these guys had made a lot of changes and they were trying to make fight for the playoffs. And I was coming in and they'd still making changes when I arrived. So it was, it was a difficult year. Um, and then I got... A, from that year in, in France, I got a offer to go back to France with uh, Vincent. And it was, so it was uh, his team at Angers. Um, so I spoke with him and ended up going over there. And that was another year where it's like proper basketball, proper European basketball. The, the league is the league is it's a tough league. Like you're fighting every game as a battle. Every game there's um, there's you've got your top top teams, and then you've got the guys in the middle, and then you've got the, the teams that are still fighting like at a top point in that season we were like one game off of being relegated or one game from making the playoffs in the 18 team league like it was that that's how close it was and that's how close it was every week uh, you're fighting you need to win this game you need to win this game because if not you could get relegated um, so I think by the end of it I think we were like one game I think we were two games at the very end of the season we were two games off of getting relegated and we actually made the playoffs on our very, very last day uh, very last game we made the playoffs and then we had to get into the semi uh, we get to the we but lost the semi we lost the semi-final by one point with when it was in France and so like it's it's a very competitive league and this is it's uh that league's it's changed it's all changed now but when I was there it was three import players usually two Americans and one euro um, some teams went to three euros, some teams went one American. It just depends, but most of the time it was two Americans and one euro. The rest are made up of French players. Um, but it's, it's like the difference there is like they have 10 to 12 guys that are all full time. Most most teams, most teams, not everyone, but most teams are full time, uh, 12 professional, 10, 12 professional players with your three imports. So it's, it's a very competitive league. There's a lot of talent. A lot of guys go from kind of jump between BBL and NM1. Yeah, it's 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 a very like I said, it's a very similar level. Um, 
So we see Ali went there last year. You've got guys over the years who who um, Marsden was over there when I was over there. Yeah. I think Jake Luznard was over there when I was over there. Andy Thompson played over there when uh, I think the year before I was there. Like it's pretty much uh, Zaire Taylor was over there at the same time I was there. Um, like these guys are jumping back and forth between this, this that level. It's very similar level. So you come back to Glasgow and probably one of my favourite teams to watch over the years was Kieran, yourself, Anthony Leachie, Hayden Lesko, Neil Watson, Lewis Thomas, yeah, Jamie. Um, finished yeah. another runner-up medal. Yeah, was that that was a cup? Yeah, cup. Yeah, cup runner-up. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was that was a team that was like uh, Neil has come from Leicester. He had this like ego. He wanted to, not ego. When I when I say ego, I don't mean it like in a bad way. I mean it like he had this chip on his shoulder. Like I just came from Leicester. I want to win. I'm coming here to win. And and he, he that was good for us. But at the same time, he was he was a guy that was. Up and down, up and down, up and down. He was one to play really fast, play, take some crazy shots sometimes. But he would, he would dish the ball. He could score from deep in three. Um, it was, I mean, it was a good team. Hayden, Hayden, Hayden was tough. But once again, I talked to him about trying to come back here, but he's on to different level as well. So like, um, like it was a good team. It was a good team. Hayden, Hayden. It was, like you say, it was probably fun to watch because we played, yeah. we were playing quite, quite fast. Sterling put that Euro motion in and we were playing, we had guys that could create for each other, we had guys that score, uh, we had some post-ups, it was a little bit of everything, it was a little bit of everything I think. We played well as a team and defensively, I thought our defence was, was pretty good as well, we used to switch everything, every play, everything, so we had we had that in place with that Euro motion as well, with a couple of set plays as well, we, and, and that's when Sterling really, really um, had the better understanding of what he was wanting and what type of players he could bring in and all this type of thing. I think he was he was he was doing well. Thinking about making his first season as a full as full time just coach, or was it maybe the season before? Possibly, I can't, like I said, I can't remember the, the when he stopped, what year he stopped playing. He might have. Yeah, I think it might have been because if he I had his, his three bigs were yeah, Lewis Thomas, Elite, Lewis Thomas, Elite. Yeah, was Kieran there the whole year? Was that yeah. that year he was? There? Yeah, he was there the whole year. Yeah, yeah, that must have been the year he stopped playing, um, which made it a lot, a lot easier for himself because yeah. he's not trying to focus on trying to get and stay in shape himself and focusing on the team. And uh, no, we were, we were good. And I had the chip on my shoulder as well coming back from France. I wanted to prove that I could play. Yeah, I suppose you're saying you've been trying to get Hayden back. I know. Uh, Dan tried in other seasons and he's just he was MVP was it two years ago in Austria and now he's just Austria yeah. yeah he was in Austria he, he went after us he went to Germany for a year and then he went to Austria where we tried to sign him that year before he yeah. went to Austria I thought we were going to sign him too uh, when Daryl was the coach and uh, he ended up going to Austria and he was MVP of the league that year and then last year he was in like Macedonia something like that North Macedonia Skopje and uh, this year I think he's gone somewhere else he was he just got picked up not really, not long ago I think he's in like he's in Bosnia Bosnia or something like that yeah so the next season is obviously still finished uh, steps down from coaching changing ownership uh, mm-hmm. I put in my notes there's a turbulent season uh, 22 players in the Rocks roster Um Mid-season upset, but then also then you obviously had the Commonwealth Games as well. So that was a crazy season. Yeah, they so they added those players, those extra players because of the 
because well, we did make a lot of changes at the beginning. <laughs> we did make yes. a lot of changes at the beginning. The Americans, we changed them um, a few times. Dante Holmes got injured. Jalen Billups wasn't the right fit for the team. Um, Martez was okay, but they wanted to make a change and get somebody else. And then they added those other, was it two or three guys? They added uh, Warren Gillis, Will Hall, somebody else. Oh, right. Who Who's again? Earl Brown. Earl Brown came in after right at the very beginning of the season. Yeah, Earl. Earl's a funny guy. He's a he's a good guy. He's he's a funny one. He's got a story there. No, no funny story. He's he's a, he's just a good guy. He's a good funny. Um, worked hard. He was unlucky with this team that he left in Holland before he before he arrived with us, and. Uh, he, I mean, he was he was tough. He was tough. I think he was playing out of position, but he was he was tough. Yeah, that was a deep team. That was a deep team. Even even taking out the guys' come of game. So how was yeah. Gold Coast? Uh, Gareth Murray carried the full of the Scottish nation on his shoulders. Um, for a fourth place finish. Um, yeah, that tournament. I think you were just insane. Yeah, I was. I. I that was my main focus. <laughs> that was my main focus was that that being in shape and ready to play in that. Um, I w- so when I played in 2006, I was a young guy, 21, not really. I was at the time before I got selected, I was told I was too young, didn't have any experience, blah, blah, blah. And then I ended up making a team and end up starting and playing. And we didn't, the team. The what's the word? The they didn't have any very they didn't have very high expectations of the Scottish team after that year in terms of why would we invite them back to to play in the tournament and all this and I thought it was I thought it was they looked down on us for for not really a good reason to me to be honest I'm like I played in that 2016 and I thought. We had we had fun, we had enjoyed ourselves, but at the same time we still took it serious. But they kind of looked down on us and saying that oh you didn't do this, you didn't do that, you weren't really taking it seriously. You were, and I was that I took that personal to be honest with you. And I thought this is a completely different group. We got we got guys that have been professional for X amount of years. Like we're, this this team is serious. We're we're not going in there just to have fun and and joke about. And I took that personal and and I said to them okay. I was, when if you see any interviews I did before that, I was like, honestly, this team is good. This team is good. We can play. We know how to play with each other. We played each other now for five, six years. We know each other's strengths, weaknesses, roles. We can talk to each other. We can shout at each other. We can everything. It doesn't matter. Like we're all on the same level. We're all on the same page here. Um, this is not the same as what it was previously. Um, and. So when we were going there and the coaching changes along the way and eventually we got a new coach coming in and and then that the coach the coach is the one it's always the coach is the one that like makes the biggest influence on the, the, the and I'm talking about not always every coach but for us as as the Scottish players like we're the core of us we it's the coach that has the biggest influence on us if we can believe in you and believe in him and and you're not talking nonsense, then we'll do everything we can to, to play for you. You know what I mean? And uh, 
he came in with a good plan and he he understood the game. He understood how to talk to the guys and and that's what everyone bought in. And so as soon as you got like four or five, six guys buying into it, then everybody's buying into it. And he 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 created that and everything that he brought along with it in terms of himself as a coach and his experience. And you have uh, Birdie as well as a strength and conditioning coach with our, with our strength and conditioning of Curtis at the time. You've got Barry Lang who's believing in us as well as a Scottish um, basketball um, and as soon as you start winning a couple of games everyone else starts believing as well so then that's that's how that created that's how that came about and, and we had like don't mean we had fun we had fun but it wasn't like fun like when you're out partying and stuff I'm talking about we had fun hanging out together going on trips and doing all this type of thing like that's we the the we didn't go out as a team, like like to a restaurant or nothing like that, until the very very last night before we left. We were all focused about this this tournament. This is what everyone was focused on, and that's the way it should have been. That's the way it should have been. Like we were, the, we want to win. We want to win. Like, and as soon as we beat England, say that again. So I'll, I'll come back to my other question. So England, you scored eighteen points. Cameroon, twenty five. India, you didn't really play much because. Just won that game pretty comfortably, and then 17 points yeah. against Nigeria in the quarters. Yeah, I mean, yeah, scoring wise, it was it was about scoring, but at the same time, it was it was it was about everybody. It wasn't like one guy that did everything. Like everybody contributed. Everybody that played, that stepped on that court, contributed, and and that's what everyone knew their role. Everyone knew what what they could do and what they couldn't do. And Bevel got his. It wasn't just that. It was all of us. We all believed. We all believed we could win. We all believed we could win. And as soon as we, like I said, as soon as we beat England, we we believed even more. We believed even more. And that was like the biggest game. I'm I'm glad that game was first. To be honest with you, um, because we were prepared. Um, coach had a plan of what he wanted to do, and we we executed it. We did exactly what he asked him to, what he asked us to do, and that's what that's what half the half the battle is most of the time. Yeah, watching that game, I've never been more excited watching a game of basketball. Mm. Like it was, yeah, that whole tournament, to be honest, was just great watching. And hopefully, mm. basketball gets. I know three v three is on in Birmingham, but you hope five yeah. gets back soon. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. So what? Um, on that kind of fourth place finish, obviously in the same thing, yeah. playing Australia. Um, yeah, they're just a different type of basketball nation. Aren't no, they? that was that was yeah. We, we were never supposed to play. Uh, well, we were supposed to play Australia, but we were never supposed to play uh, New Zealand in that yeah. that third place third place we're game. We were, play, we were supposed to play Canada. There's no way it obviously happened. But when we were watching the game, I was like, oh, I can't believe it's just happened to yeah. Canada hit that buzzer beater to, to beat a New Zealand. Um, and then we only lost to New Zealand by ten. Yeah, we only lost by ten, but we, we knew they were on a different level. Yeah. We knew they they had kind of done the same thing as what we had done, where we had all the guys playing in the club together. Yeah. We had like six or seven guys playing for Rocks, whatever. They had the same thing in the New Zealand, the the uh, I think it's Breakers team, where they were all playing together on that same team. For they all knew each other, they were playing well to each other. They 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 should have been in that silver medal, uh, the, sorry, the gold medal match against Australia. Um, so that kind of that kind of hurt us. Um, and we knew they were on a different level. Australia and New Zealand, they were on a different level to us. Um, we might have had a chance against Canada. They, they had a lot of like college guys playing. Um, so I think our, our experience, and we, we would have had a better matchup against them and hopefully could have came with the bronze, but we'll never know now, obviously. Um, <clears throat> but in terms of the whole tournament, the whole thing, the whole thing, everyone had fun. 
everyone had fun and, and enjoyed it and um we all believed in each other and it's probably that's probably the it's probably the most fun tournament I've ever been to in terms of just hanging out with the guys, hanging out with everybody. Like this is, this is the guys that we, we fight with and battle with for four or five years, doing the different things over the years. And then we got to enjoy the tournament and we're winning games as well. That's the main point. We were winning games. If you're losing, it's not the same, but you were winning. Well, back to kind of BBL action, uh, Daryl Woods there at the start of the season and then is replaced by uh, Vincent. Um, yeah. What kind of changed into that second half of the season? What kind of message? Obviously, you've been coached by uh, Randy before, but what? So, what does he bring that's different to probably every other coach? Uh, experience, experience, and 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 that's twenty five, thirty years of experience in different levels, and and working with different players, and like you're talking about, Daryl as a first year full time head coach. It's difficult. It's not easy. Um, you got to, once again. You're trying to get guys to buy in and, and and believe in what he's asking to do, and then you you, you get rid of him and you you bring in an experienced coach. That's what that's, that's the difference. Um, he sees the players. He's got a plan. He knows what he sticks to, what he wants, and what he what he's known over the years. And he he you start winning games, and so then everybody starts believing again. You know, that's that's what it comes down to. If your coach asks you to do something, the players are going to buy into it. If you don't buy into it, you, you, you sit on the bench. And as soon as people start buying in, you start winning games, and then people have the confidence in the coach and get, have the confidence in each other. And um, that, that was the difference. And we won. I think we had we had a lot, like 18 games to go when, when in, like, February. And so we still had a lot of games to play. Um I think in like a two-week period or three-week period, we won like five or six games. And so that I think we're at 10th place. That jumps you up to fifth. We're winning those those five or six games. It's like it completely changes your changes your mindset as well. Um, well Vincent goes into his uh, first full season in charge. Um, probably the cup campaign in Vincent's full year was a bit disappointing, but make two changes. Um, uh, Thorpe and Vincent comes in and yeah, yeah that that just added tons to the team. That team last season was just super exciting to watch. Everyone could contribute contribute at any time. Yeah, you add those two guys in. And Thorpe is a as a rookie, but he was defensively exactly what we needed. He could he could guard people. He could score. Like if something wasn't working or we needed a quick basket, he would just throw him the ball and he would create something. He could score. He could pass. Um, and defensively, he was not many people could go by him. That's and that's a perfect fit for us. We didn't have that before. We didn't have somebody that could just lock down somebody. Um, and then Terrell comes in, and he's like a scoring four man. It's got a lot of experience coming back, coming from an injury. Um, so he's once again he's trying to prove something. Uh, you just you add with the experience of myself and Ali and Johnny. And Greg, like and Max, and Tadas, like we've. This is our second year playing for Vincent. You know what I mean? It's like Max, uh, uh, Joe Bell. He's he played for him for like three or four years. Greg's played for him for like three three years. I played for him now for three years. Uh, Tadas is his second year. Ali's his second year. Like, like like you add all this together, the experience of playing in this league, um, and the style of basketball we want to play. The ball was moving. The ball was sharing. Everyone's trying to work for each other. Like it's, it's it's down to obviously Vince had Vincent had a plan of what he wanted to do and and adding those two guys filled those gaps that we didn't have 
in that four-man scorer post-up sh- space the floor because he shoots threes. You got that lockdown defender that can score freely. Um, had with the experience of of the rest of the guys that were in the team, like it was. That's what it comes down to, really. Is the guys that know in the league, the experience they have, and and the coach creating a plan, and guys guys following that plan, and that's why we were playing so well. Yeah, and obviously the season disappointingly was finished by what's taken over our lives, COVID. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that just kind of ruined everything for that season. So on to this one, yeah. obviously. Uh, on to the now, I suppose. Uh, how was the summer for you? Uh, when did it kind of come to you of being coach? And yeah, how was that summer looking to recruit? So obviously, we didn't really know what was happening with the league, and everything was kind of delayed and cancelled. And then eventually, didn't know what was going to happen if the league was going to start, and got asked to be the player coach. You know my my views on that already. It's not something that um that's the best thing to do in a professional league, but it is where we are where we are. Um, recruitment at the time, we didn't have very much money, and we didn't know what was happening with the travel and the visas and things like that. And we didn't have a general manager at the time. And this is like July, August, so it was like right, you're recruiting a team, you can't have any Americans. In case we have to fly them in and out quickly. Um, we don't know if the league's going to start. All this, don't really know what's going on. So the recruitment was based off no Americans. So you're bringing in, you're bringing in, looking for guys that maybe played in the league before European passports, maybe some guys that are fresh to the league, young guys that that will, obviously our budget's reduced. So you're looking for guys that will come in and, and, and be able to play. We didn't know when the league was going to start, we didn't know anything. We didn't know anything. Um, so that was my recruitment. <laughs> it's tough, it's difficult. And then you see, and then you see these other teams are still getting their Americans in, and you're still, you're already on the back foot of for next season. And then we get our general, new general manager starting in September when everything's kind of in place, and we still don't know when the league's going to start with the league. So he comes in like the first of September. The league doesn't start until. Um, I think it's like the end of October, beginning of November, the league started, something like that. I can't even remember now. Um, so you're still talking about six, eight weeks. You don't really know what's happening. Everyone's kind of here. Do we bring in these players? Do we not? These other guys are bringing in Americans. Are we bringing in Americans? Is the league starting? Eventually, the league starts and we're, we're sitting here and we eventually get some money from the government that kind of can let us play this season rather than then giving us extra. It's not like they gave us extra to, to to go out and buy a whole new team and spend it on this and that and we're now travelling great. And that. It's not like that at all. It's not like that. Now we can actually survive this season. We can survive this season. We'll see how the summer goes and see, see where we're going for next season. Um, that's that's very much how it went. <laughs> yeah. We got a little bit of money. We managed to, to add um, a couple of Americans in. Um but you're still down two Americans on the rest of the league. Most most teams have got their four. And that that everybody knows Americans are a lot cheaper. Not necessarily this the, the the level is there's so many Americans. There's so many Americans. And if you can find the right guys, like you find the right guys and you stick with them. Like Ramon Fletcher, he's been here for what, six, eight years now. Like you found the right one, you stick with them. You know what I mean? Like these guys are these guys are 
part of the league now. They 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 run the league basically. Like the, this is the type of Americans that are coming in, They're like high level um, winners. And um, if you can find the good ones, you you keep them. And that's what they, that's what Newcastle done with Fletcher. And to me, he's he there's there's some tough guards in the league. Don't get me wrong, but he's the guy that really stands out as one of the better Americans. Of if you can find those guys and. Um, they're the they're the ones you're looking for. Hopefully, uh, the rest of the season goes well, um, and hopefully, gets more wins. Um, last thing I want to ask you, and last thing I've got you to have a think about this uh, when I messaged you about doing this is, what would you class as your all-time rocks five that you've played with? <sighs> I know you asked me it, right? <laughs> but I couldn't pick five. I couldn't. There's two. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys. That, so I picked five, and then then another five on. We'll, we'll call it the bench five. Not even a bench five, but whatever. So my first would be Yanders. Yeah. My first would be Yanders, uh, point guard. Played with me for the first five years. Um, next would be Donald Robinson. Um, myself, obviously, the three. I would take Sterl. I would take Sterl before Sterl back when he was at Sheffield in his first year in Glasgow, and even his second year after when he was first year player player coach. Sterl's tough at the four. Then the next one is Kieran. I go with Kieran, but just to balance the team out. Um, when Kieran was when he was in his prime, you are talking about not the last couple of years, but when he was like came back and he was he was a tough matchup for everybody. Um, that'd be my five. Then I've got EJ, yeah. Sap, JJ, Jean Francois, yeah. Ali Fraser. That that's, like my, that's my 10. Wow, good 10. So, last final, final, final question then. What would you yeah. say in BBL terms across your career has been your toughest matchup? <sighs> Charles Smith or Andrew Sullivan? That's my two. Nice one. Charles Smith, Andrew Sullivan. Both of them are tough. Both of them bring different things, but that's the guys that I always usually had to match up with, whichever team they were playing. Obviously, Charles was with with Newcastle for most of the career, but Andrew played for different different teams. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's the two toughest guys. Two toughest guys because they bring so much to the, uh, Charles Smith score in multiple ways. Smart veteran guy. Once again, Sullivan scoring in different ways, leading his team, um, and they're, they're the guys that are matched up against most of the time. Um, that would be the two that I'd pick. Amazing. Hey right, Gareth, thank you very much for your time this morning. Um, I know you're off to do some practice, some practice and some video with the guys. So yeah, thanks yeah, very much. Video and practice now. Yeah. Right, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. No worries. Cheers, Gareth. Gareth for joining us on today's episode of the Rocks On podcast. Hopefully you all enjoy that listen to Gareth's career so far and good luck to Rocks for this weekend's matches.